Welcome to the Achieve Today podcast where you will learn valuable insights, tips that work, and expert advice on how to overcome your limiting beliefs and awaken your greatness, not tomorrow, but today. My name is Jake Mix and I am your host for this week's episode where we will be talking about negative people, how to deal with negative people, those kind of situations, and then how to also gain some more positive friends and a positive environment. To do so, we have Coach Dana with us. Hi. <laughs> How are you, Dana? Good, good. This is your second time on. Second time. And I'm excited because I think last time was really good. Yeah. And I thought you had some excellent thoughts prepared. Thank and you. so today we've got about five or six questions yeah. that I think you're just going to rock. I mean, Thank you've got a great you. energy. So I do love talking. Yeah. Hey, that's a good thing here. That's a good thing. We like that. It does. That. It helps me at work. <laughs> that's <sure>. right. <laughs> okay. Well, good. Well, let's get right into it. Great. I want to start off with a quote here because as I was thinking about this topic, I thought, you know, this is something that one quote that I think comes up a lot in personal development, but then yeah. also gives some structure to our conversation mm. here. And so it's by Jim Rohn and he says, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Yeah. So choose wisely. Yeah. That's something that is easier said than done. I mean, obviously if you have negative people in your life, mm -hmm. it can be somewhat difficult to replace those people. Yeah. So let's first start and talk about how can you build kind of this positive network of support for yourself yeah. and have five people in your life that really allow for personal growth mm -hmm. and and improvement. Yeah, I think that it what it really comes down to to kind of keep it fairly simple was is getting really clear on um, the kind of people and the traits that they have that you don't want in your life, understanding what you don't want, what it looks like. Um, because oftentimes we'll have these experiences and interactions with people and it's uncomfortable. We don't like it. We, we don't like them in our lives, but we don't like take inventory of it. You know, it's just like, Oh, I don't, I don't like that person in my life. We almost feel subject to having them. And especially yeah. if they're close, like if they've been friends for years or family and, and we'll get more into detail on that, but sure. Um, knowing what you don't want. And then with that, knowing what you do want. And the reason why knowing what you don't want, I think comes first is because first of all, our brains are kind of wired to what we don't want. We, it's very easy. You know, when you ask someone how they're doing, they'll come up with all their problems <laughs> and tell you everything that's going wrong in their life. Yeah. So I think we kind of naturally know that. So getting clear on that and then just taking that list and flip it, you know, flip everything on that list. Okay. What's the opposite of that? Well, this, write it down. Think of the people that you really love having in your life. What are the traits and qualities that they have? And I think that that's really important to just see a really clear picture of what you don't want and what you do want. Because then from there, you can start really creating boundaries. You know, instead of just having this free flow of whoever comes in my life is in my life and whoever flows out, flows out. It's like, no, it's being very intentional of this is the kind of person that I say, hey, I love you, but you're at, you're you're an out here kind of friend. You're an <laughs> arm's length away. I'm going to wish you the best in your life, but I'm not going to invest a lot of time in this kind of friendship or this kind of relationship. And then with the do wants, it's like when you find somebody in your life that, that meets the, those things on that list, it's like, yes, yes to that. Yeah. And you spend more time with them and it's just, a, it's, it becomes a more beautiful experience. So it's really going back to the five steps of creation, the steps one and two, know what you don't want, know what you do want. It's getting clear on those and then setting boundaries. So you, you got to be really clear when the universe brings people into your world and let's say somebody comes into your life that has uh, a lot of your don't wants. 
and they're not the kind of person you want to invest a lot of time in, but you feel obligated to do so and so you do, you're stating right there to the universe that it's okay. You're allowing that boundary to be crossed. So you gotta be really clear with those boundaries. Once you know what you don't want, know what you do want, you gotta be clear and love people from afar. You know, I learned this kind of the hard way in, in so many ways. <laughs> Um, but it was a beautiful journey, beautiful experience for me. And, um, but getting clear has been so freeing for me because I used to just let anyone and everyone in my life. Uh, so I'm such a helper. I have such a huge heart. Yeah. And so, um, the profound lesson they had, there was a moment that was so beautiful. Do you mind if I share? Absolutely. Okay? Yeah. So there was this really helpful. profound moment. So it was the very first part of my personal development journey a little over 10 years ago. And we did a ropes course. And Not at fun. this ropes course, so I had this buddy. And this buddy, the in our 90 days, we were supposed to talk to each other every single day. And this buddy was very draining. There was a lot. She, she stayed in victim often. She uh, didn't really want to move forward in her life. She just wanted to stay in the same stories over and over and over again. Some of you that might be familiar. Mm. You might have people in your life like that. Um, and I gave so much. It's like every time we talked, it's like the focus was just her. And there was very little giving back to me. So I was giving so much to her. And um, I started to notice this, but at the ropes course, um, I learned something profound about me. I, I want people's success so deeply and sometimes at my own expense. So we're at the ropes course and um, we, we came uh, to this event where we had to get our whole team over this wall, like 18, 20 foot wall, no, no holds, no rope, no nothing. Just everyone gets over and you have to be creative. Wow. And so uh, here we are, just this little team trying to get everyone over. Everyone's getting over. I got over. And my buddy, uh, I knew that she needed to go soon because she didn't have a ton of upper arm strength. And I knew that, that we needed more at the bottom to help her over. And so I just kept telling her, like, go, it's your turn, go. And um, we, we got her going and um, tried and tried and tried and tried and tried. And I think we tried for 30 plus minutes uh, just to try to get her over. We took a little break because everyone was exhausted. And um, and then in my head, I'm like, we're going to get you over. I'm going to get you to your goal. We're going to get there. We're going to celebrate together. And I was so excited. I pumped everyone else up and, and got everyone pumped up. We tried it again. And I was at the top. There was a little... Um, let's see, ledge or what do you call it? Like a deck at the top. Okay. Um, there was a deck and I was standing at the top. So I was pulling and everyone else was pushing. And there was this moment in her eyes. And I will never, ever forget this, where I was giving all of my strength, everything I could to get her over. And there was this moment that we made eye contact and she gave up. In that split second, wow. I could tell that she gave up. And I knew in that moment, she didn't want it. And so she wasn't going to get over and she never got over. Oh. And it was such a profound lesson for me of be really aware of the energy I put into people, be really aware of the people that I choose to spend my energy and time with, because if they don't want to get over their stories, their obstacles, the things that are, that are going wrong and terrible in their life, they won't. They'll stay in it and they'll take you down with them mm. energetically. Yeah. And that can be so draining. So it was a really profound moment. That and is one interesting. That I'll never forget. Yeah, that is interesting. And I and I really resonated with your 
I'm kind of a people pleaser. Like I like to make everyone happy. And I feel like a lot of people are that way. They don't, yes. they don't want any of that conflict, especially with their friends. And so like, let's say, let's say it's someone specifically like that negative. Were you able to separate yourself from that person or like, how does someone, cause it could be like a family member. It could right. be someone who's really, really close to you. Yeah. How do you, start distancing yourself and saying, okay, I need to, I need to actually protect myself here right. and my own energy. Yeah. Are there any practical steps or, yeah. or ways to do that? So, yeah, I think that first of all, getting clear on what you don't want, and what you do want creates a strong foundation, like okay. foundational. Those for, are the first two things. Yes. So if you know that, then moving into this, um, other realm of when you distance and when you talk to them and what's the difference and how do you know, it goes back to the list. Um, are they somebody who has maybe some of the qualities that you do want and they just have a few things that you don't want? Or are they somebody, you know, like a spouse or, or um, a sibling? You know, those kind of relationships are very important to many of us and we like yeah. to keep those. So here's the interesting fun fact. You can utilize those people in your life to do your own inner work. I actually believe, and I've seen this to be true in my relationships, um, that people outside of you are mirrors for things that are calling for healing within you. So if somebody shows up in your world and they're really triggering to you, <clears throat> they bring up lots of emotion, negativity, maybe you feel less than, those are things that are calling for love and healing. And my suggestion, get a coach, get a coach to help you with those things. Because when you have a coach to help you with those things, to know how to work through those things, um, you'll, you'll work through them faster. You'll be able to identify them. A, any good coach would be able to identify those things and, and teach you how to work through those. I still have a coach actually I'm meeting with him today oh, cool. that I pay every month because I think it's so valuable to have that outside perspective. So side note, get a coach. Um, <laughs> or look on our website. We have a fabulous options here too. So um, but having that understanding that, that there's something within you. So let's say you have a really dominant, overpowering, um, sibling in your life and they just, you feel so small around them. Well, I feel less than I'm not good enough. Um, I don't deserve good people in my life. Those are main beliefs that'll be coming up for you. That's your work. That's your inner work. And if you can utilize people negative people to help you do your own inner work and inner healing, it can be very powerful, the momentum that it can create. I remember um, I had a close relationship with a woman in my life who was um, some extended family. And she was kind of a cold personality. Um, I had a hard time kind of getting along with her for many, many years. And uh, I'd never heard her say, I love you or any for form of appreciation. And I remember I made this inner commitment to do my inner work that when she showed up and, it, and, and I felt triggered, I would do the work that I knew how to do with the beliefs, right? Started transforming the beliefs, feeling differently. I started actually gathering three proofs, three, three positive things every day about her that I liked about her trying to focus on these good qualities, right? Because she did have some great qualities. All right. human beings do. Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, and what was interesting is I shifted within me, my perspective. Mm. And within, I would say, three weeks of me doing that work and being really consistent with it, I got an email. And for the first time, 
uh, in since I could remember in our relationship, she actually said, I love you. Wow. And it was a very profound moment for me, the power of the inner work. Wow. And I want to note here too, there's so much power in that. We have power to choose how we feel about something, how we react to it. You can't change other people. Mm. So with that, paired with that is boundaries. I think boundaries are really, really important. Just because you're doing your own inner work doesn't mean that it's okay that somebody verbally abuses you or attacks you. Um, it doesn't mean it's okay for people to treat you disrespectfully. That's never okay. And there's a clear boundary. Everyone deserves to be respected. Now, there's always a spectrum. And so, um, you know, having and doing the inner work, but also saying, you know what, I, I'm choosing not to participate in this person's life right now. I have some inner work to do. That's okay. Right. You know, saying for a time, I'm not going to interact with this person. Totally healthy, healthy people. Um, until you can do the work to, to show up and to feel like you can stand in your power and presence as a person and individual in that person's life. Mm. And so um, there's lots of lots, such a spectrum of possibilities of what you can do. But I think that that really comes down to the distance distancing part. If you know, do your work. And if they're that kind of person that is a lot of your don't want then distance yourself, create some distance and be okay with it. You can still love them from afar. That's absolutely acceptable and very healthy because we only have so much energy we can put towards things in a lifetime. Why spend it on somebody that just takes and takes and takes from you constantly? Yeah. yeah. So, and then talking, can I speak to this? Like yeah. when to talk to somebody? Absolutely. And I was going to ask about that. So let's go I get there. really passionate about talking, having these uh, quote unquote hard conversations I think they're so valuable and so important. One of my most favorite authors, can I say an author on here? Yeah. Is that okay? Yep. One of my most favorite authors is Marshall Rosenberg. He writes a book called Nonviolent Communication. It is, it's been life-changing for me and my ability to have hard conversations. And um, in it, he has this pattern of communicating that I've used so many times. And it's, it's a full accountability for my part and how I feel. So when, um, like I have this really good friend, her and I both read the book and we communicate this way regularly. It's probably one of the best friendships I've ever had. Yeah. I love it. So if something comes up in our relationship um, that one of us feels triggered about or doesn't like, we go to the other and we say, hey, when this happened, and we just state the facts of what happened, Here's how I felt. I felt this way. Mm. And we take accountability. I felt, you know, I felt like I, w I didn't matter in that moment. And I felt hurt um, because of what I saw. So taking full accountability of your beliefs and how you felt about it. Next time, I would prefer if we went about that conversation or that thing this way. Is that something that you're willing to step into? And then I get to hear her and how she feels. And, and if the way that I f initially thought what I would prefer doesn't work for her, then we compromise and we find a way to um, compromise and find a win-win situation. And so I think that pattern of communicating is so brilliant and it works so well. Um, the key is really um, being clear on what you didn't like and how you felt about it. You felt and then, you know, making amends. If, if you had a part maybe that you added to like blowing up or, or saying things that you didn't mean, take accountability. Accountability really is 
the most important thing in relationships I'm finding. Hmm. Accountability for your part. That's really important, you guys. Accountability <laughs> for your own part. Because we can do one of two ends of the spectrum. Over accountability, it's all my fault. I take it all on me. I need to change it all. I need to fix it all. Or it's all your fault. Mm. <laughs> and so mm. asking yourself, you know, when you have confrontations or things that happen with people, okay, what's my part? What am I going to be accountable for? What parts am I responsible for? Apologize for that and adjust. Wow. So does that make sense? Absolutely. I love yep. it. it. It actually, I know it works because I'm utilizing it in my relationships and my relationships are better than they've ever been in my entire life. I love it. That is really cool. Yeah. Now I want to ask with your with your friend that you do <clears throat> yeah. that. Is there a, like does she know about this method too? So does she come to you and and do the same kind yes. of thing? Okay. Yeah. So does this does this kind of communication work even if the other person let's say the other person is just not open to that? Yeah. We like a lot of our students and and if you're watching this you might relate. They have spouses, they have people who aren't into personal development Absolutely. or communication tips or whatever these, these ideas are. So you can practice this even. Absolutely. Okay. okay. And I think that, that, you know, if you think about a really, let's say a really, really heated conversation and you think about two people going at it and one's bringing this like anger and force and frustration and the other is staying powerfully in peace mm. where, you know, what happened, how you felt about it, what you would prefer to see differently, and you're willing to listen to the other person, what do you think is more powerful? The person that's angry and out of control and <laughs> saying the craziest things or the person who's just like listening and empowered, knows their boundaries, knows what they feel and knows what they want. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah so there's a difference, yep. It's really about you. It's really about you being an empowered individual in any conversation that then improves all your relationships. And also, it, it's interesting because it's changed my beliefs about myself. Like it, learning these tools and learning these things, you know, from the Marshall Rosenberg book and other communication things, setting boundaries, it's really built my confidence that I am a huge, valuable resource as a friend. Like I'm, I'm in a phenomenal friend. Anyone is very blessed to be my friend and be in a relationship with me, anyone and vice versa. The people that I choose to let into my life, they're very blessed. And they're those caliber of people. They're, they're the kind of people that I want because I am that kind of person. Mm. And so it creates this, this confidence in myself that then attracts really positive people into my world. So. Oh, it's such a different viewpoint. Yeah. You know, and it's interesting. I, I actually, I went to an event uh, about two weeks, about a week ago and uh, talking about, you know, victimhood. I know you mm -hmm. had a few friends that were in that position and, and um, I think most people probably know those, mm -hmm. know those people in yeah. their life that, that are that way. And at this event, there was a guy who had a grudge towards his, I think it was his, uh, his stepmom for 31 years. Wow. Right. And I, I think about that communication, yeah. right. Where it back in that moment, if he had just decided, okay, I'm going to take the higher stance and it maybe it was a difficult time in his life. But at some point during that 31 years, I'm, I'm amazed to see what that kind of conversation yes. would do if, if you were open and you said, and you are, we're willing to take and have the hard conversations right. that are so hard to have. Right. Do you have any more tips for those hard oh conversations? Things, because that is yeah. really hard to do sometimes. I agree. 
Well, and the interesting thing is if you look at the fruits, so look at the fruits of carrying this idea, this this resentment, this anger for 31 years. Yeah. You're replaying the story in your head over and over and over. And guess what? Those details are changing according to your story, mm. your own mind. And so um, oftentimes as that builds, um, you're carrying that and the other person has moved on or is done, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And it's one of those things of you're the one that's in the suffering. You're the one that's suffering. Yeah. And so uh, to me, the fruits of that is years of suffering, mm. years of, of built up resentment, you know, and relationships. The interesting thing about relationships is we value them so much in our culture, society, in our world. Um, why, why wait, why wait to have that hard conversation when everything's going to get twisted in your mind, it's going to build up your, the story's going to change. Why wait? Because if you go in fresh, fairly fresh, you don't have to do it right away. I think for me, like recently I've had some really hard experiences in, in close family relationships. And I told my family, I, I need just a little bit of time. I love you. I'm going to come back and we're going to talk about this, but give me a little bit of time because I really was heartbroken at some things that happened. Hmm. And so I needed some time to process through my emotion. Don't ever have the hard conversations in tons of emotion. Things will come out that you'll regret. (laughs) (laughs) So allow yourself, validate yourself. You know, there's a great website, self-compassion.org, Kristen Neff. She talks about self-compassion, how to have it, how to have your back. So I knew that that's what I needed. Took the time, did the healing work, found the beliefs that it triggered within me, worked through those. And then I've been able now to, I feel a little emotional about it. Yeah. To go and have those conversations that are hard and to go to each one of my siblings and to um, lovingly share because I worked through my stuff. I gave myself the time, offered myself compassion for my experience and how I felt about it, and then went in curious, lovingly curious, because oftentimes the stories we make up in our head, and I, this is what I found, and I, I'm totally admitting this, I was making up stories in my head of how they felt and what they were thinking. Mm. And it caused me to distance myself, and it caused more hurt within me. And so I knew I needed to work through that, went in lovingly curious, asking questions. How do you feel about this? What do you think about this? Tell me how you're feeling about this experience that you're noticing. You know, lovingly curious, asking questions, and the most important part is putting my my ego and pride aside. Putting your ego and pride aside when you have those those um, conversations are really important because if somebody comes to you and shares their hurt or their anger or their frustration and you bounce back with your hurt and frustration, it's a no-win situation. Mm. You're both going to end up upset and frustrated and then you're creating a lack of safety for someone to express how they feel. And so having, going in willing to note what triggers you, you know, in each conversation I noted, if there's anything that triggered me, write it down. It's like, okay, note, note to self, I have some more healing to do. Yeah. Instead of blaming it on them, it's like, okay, I hear you. And um, it's been a really beautiful experience to hold space for their emotions, their experience, and then also stand in my power and share mine. 
when I saw this, this is how I felt about it. This is what I'd like to see different. Mm. Are you willing to go there with me? Are you willing to to play this this um, win-win game with me yeah. of showing up a little bit differently for me? And honestly, those relationships are profoundly uh, powerful. We're on the road to some real healing. And I feel closer. There's one brother in particular that I feel closer to than I ever have in my whole life with him. Wow. So, and this is, this is really, this is really recent. This is, this is real stuff. Happening. Yeah. So these tools, they work and they're real and, and they create such a different relationship when you can take accountability and be willing to have the hard conversation, know your boundaries, know what you want, and then be willing to listen, be lovingly curious. Don't make assumptions about the other person, let them go. And if Jeez. you do, if you do have these ideas, like maybe, you know, you have an idea that someone felt negatively about you or whatever, go in curious, ask, do you, yeah. are, are you feeling frustrated with me right now? I just want to know I'm open. I want to understand what's going on with you. Why mm. are you feeling frustrated? You know, wow. you, you know, yeah. have you ever felt like somebody is like, like this with you, but you don't know why, and you don't know how to have the conversation. It's like, just going curious. Like, yeah. Hey, I just want to open up the conversation and be willing to listen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing yeah, that experience and yeah. getting really vulnerable with us. I, I, I felt that, you know, you feel yeah. the power of that and I can definitely relate in my life where I've had the conversation where I like, I refuse to talk to the person yeah. like, Hey, it's, it's their fault. You know, you play <laughs> right, that victimhood right. game. And then, you know, it's, it's oftentimes the story, such a big story that we make yeah. up in our head. That's <laughs> so much worse than it really Yeah. Is and so now this brings up an interesting point and something that I thought about with your last with your last comments. But a lot of this seems to be maybe we think someone's negative, but internally it could just be us and our own insecurities and our own outlook in life. So let's talk a minute talk yeah. a minute about insecurity. Like how do you mm-hmm. know if you're being negative, if right. you're looking at it differently? Right. So here's the interesting thing about that. Um, I think, uh, Joe Vitale actually spoke to this in a training that I took recently. Um, he talks about the, the steps to awakening. And when you're first waking up and you're first understanding beliefs, how they drive you, what they are, how they look, and you're, you're trying to do all this personal improvement, you'll actually notice so much in other people, negativity. You'll, I mean, I don't know anyone who hasn't, who's been on this journey and path. And so I think it's part of the journey. Um, Here's the thing. Any judgments you have about other people and what they're doing in their life or things that they're saying is just a reflection of how you treat yourself. And so one of my most favorite tools in those moments is self-compassion. The more self-compassionate I become, the more patient and understanding and loving I am for other people and their weaknesses. It, there's, there's a direct correlation. Hmm. So practicing self-compassion uh, has been a profound game changer for me because I know <clears throat> when sh- somebody shows up in all their negativity and I'm, I'm feeling frustrated about it, more, more than likely that week I've been pretty negative in my own life. More than wow. likely, there's something going on within me that's really negative. And so it's it's a thank you for being a mirror for me. Thank mm. you for showing up for me. 
And as you do the work, what happens is you do that inner work, working through those beliefs, letting go of those ideas, reprogramming to a more positive outlook of yourself. Um, And there's so many ways you can do that. As you do that, what happens is you can show up and and hold space for their negativity. You have compassion. You know, uh, for example, you know, my, uh, when my family have certain siblings that, that love very differently than I do, they show their love very differently and they love very differently. And instead of being in resistance to how they're showing up in love, I do my work. I, and the beliefs recently were I'm unlovable. It was really interesting when I, when I went through that deep emotional, um, experience where I needed some distance, I'm unlovable. So of course how they're showing up would trigger that. So I thought I was unlovable, worked through that. Now I can show up and see, and I know how this sibling shows his love. I'm, I'm aware of it. So that's the first thing. How, how do, how are they showing their love? How are they showing their support? How are they? Yeah. And look for those things. And then I can hold space. So when he shows up that way, I can say, Oh, I appreciate, I appreciate your offering. And I see that that's the best you can do right now. And sometimes it's not really necessarily that I say that out loud. It's a feeling because people can feel how you feel about them. Yeah. So when they wow. show up in their negativity, you can say, <clears throat> I choose not to participate in that. I say that often. When somebody shows up and they bring their ball of negativity into the room, I, I say in my head, I choose not to participate in that. And I send them love. Mm. And, and I love you. I love you from afar. You're wow. out here for me. So it's setting boundaries. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Wow. Jeez. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> and I mean, so it's so even, I mean, this is obviously dealing with negative people, but it's also dealing with our negative selves sometimes. Yes. And it's so easy yes. to be so hard on ourselves. That's yeah. a really, what was that quote again? You said you learned at Joe Vitale that when you are judging other people, you're oftentimes just judging yourself. Absolutely. So okay. <clears throat> when we see anyone in this world doing anything that we're like, oh, they shouldn't be doing that. That's terrible. And and all of our Which judgments so spew easy to out, do. right? So yes. easy to do. Yeah. You hear it in the news all the time. Yep. News, uh, politics, constant spewing of negativity of other people, judgment of other people. Right. Those judgments, you know, they say when you're point, pointing the finger at somebody, you have, what, three fingers pointing back at you? Yep. Mm-hmm. So... Um, those judgments are just your own judgments of how you would judge yourself if you were doing those same things. That's mm. it. That's amazing. And so it's That's just a process of working through that with self-compassion, yeah. kindness for yourself, kindness for when you make mistakes, when you do things that, that maybe uh, you know aren't good for you. It's showing up in kindness, showing up in love. The more I do that, the more it's easy to say, oh, that person, I love, I can, I can show love to them. I can flow love to them. They're doing the best that they know how with what yeah. they've been given. And, yeah. and to show up in that kind of love, I actually really believe it's transformational in wow. relationships that that kind of love, that's what people are calling for Yeah. at its root, you know, addiction, any sort of negative behavior that's unhealthy, that hurts other people. Those are hurt people, hurt people, hurt people. Mm. And so if we can show up in, in a deep amount of compassion for ourselves and therefore others, it transforms things. You know, I remember this profound moment and this is going to go, this is kind of a deep, but it's profound because it's changed my world. And I think it's changed the people around me, the world, their world and how they see themselves. I remember the first time this shift took place for me. And it was a really cool moment. I'll never forget. I was driving my son to school and um, 
driving him to school and he was in kindergarten and on the radio there was a school shooting and I remember in that moment being overcome with fear fear oh my gosh I'm dropping him off fear of I can't believe that all of those innocent children and um within I would say a minute or two all of a sudden it shifted to what must have that boy gone through in his life Mm. in order to take action in such a way on innocent children yeah and that compassion that profound compassion i think has changed and transformed every relationship i've ever had of hurt people hurt people and can you imagine if we showed up for and, and we showed up for the people who were in prison holding space for them that way mm. what do you think would change in our Ugh. culture yeah. what do you think would change in our society we're talking relationships here what happens is we start holding people in the space that they're bad people and then they believe it. Yeah. What we need to do is full compassion, have compassion. It starts within you, starts within yourself. And then from there, it extends out to your family and friends, people that you love. And then from there, you can extend out into the world. Can you imagine if we stopped objectifying each other? Mm. It would be a different world on so many levels. Yeah. And it starts here. That's starts today, starts by doing the work by utilizing the relationships in your life as a catalyst for your own healing. Gosh, that is powerful, especially in the world that we live in today. That's all about a lot about politics and and what's going on in the world. A lot of time we think, oh my gosh, change might be coming, but it's (laughs) going to be so far away, so far away when in reality it's, it's today Today, where we can change ourselves and and we can fill. So we only have a couple of minutes left. What are just some more, because this is such a cool, (laughs) this is such a cool concept. And I think it's just such a good reminder to people. I think people know it somewhat, but just to constantly not be so hard on yourself. What are some other ways that that people, the viewers listening can just be more compassionate and just not be so hard on, on themselves? Yeah. So I think, first of all, awareness is power. I remember, uh, you know, awareness when I first started to become aware of the beliefs. I actually had a mentor of mine recommend that I track my negative thoughts for three days Mm. and and write them down. And (laughs) it was profound when I took them to him. And he said, and we were really good friends. He was like, he was like a brother to me. He said, now tell me those things as if you're saying those things to me. Oh, wow. Oh, I couldn't even do it. I couldn't even do it. It was so, it was one of those moments. And he said, imagine saying that to your son. Mm. Imagine saying that to your son. And my son at the time was like five. I couldn't even, that that to me, it brought me to tears and it made me realize I wouldn't even utter these words to my child and nor do I want to, yeah. but I'm willing to say them to myself and beat myself up. So I would say start tracking your dominant negative thoughts. Have, have an alarm that you set uh, throughout the day, you know, one to three times a day. Get a little notebook you can from like the dollar store. And start tracking because once you know what your dominant negative thoughts are, then you can do something about it. <laughs> then you can start shifting and changing those things. Find affirmations that are the opposite of those things and be listening to them regularly. Start, I love this, start gathering proof of the things you love about yourself. 
It's a beautiful opportunity. (laughs) Start gathering proof. Keep it in a place where you can see it and refer back to it often. When you're being hard on yourself, go back to your list. Oh, yeah, these are the things I like about myself. More than just words, though, you have to feel it. It has to be genuine. That's that's really important. Mm. So that's one of the tips I would say. Become aware. Awareness is power. When when I knew what was playing out and the voices in my head and what they sounded like, it became more apparent in my daily life when they were showing up. Yeah. Because I knew what it felt like, what it sounded like, what it smelled like, taste. I knew everything about that, right? <laughs> so now it's like, okay, I'm feeling like I'm not good enough in this moment because of this, this, and this. <sighs> Relax my body and let it go. And it's just wow. that simple. It's relaxing the body taking a deep breath and letting it go now because I've done the work so much. I'm very aware of how to do it. So Hmm. that um, one more small like tip that I think is profoundly important is um, receiving compliments. So oftentimes you'll see (laughs) when somebody gives you a compliment, you're like, no, like no. And we do this. We hit it. We hit it away. Right. Yep. Receiving compliments, being willing to say, thank you. I received that. It's profound. And in those moments, you know, I, I started this habit years ago of asking myself when somebody gave me a compliment, because I didn't want to thrive off everyone having to give me compliments. I didn't want that to be my life. And I didn't want to be rejecting everyone said about me. So I wanted to create my reality and how I felt about me. So then I started asking myself this question when people would give me feedback about myself, whether it be positive or negative, do I want to believe that about myself? Hmm. When somebody gives you a compliment, do I want to believe that about myself? If it's yes, thank you. I receive that. <laughs> yeah. Receive it into your heart. Thank you. I receive that. There's nothing wrong with that. And let me tell you, I've never had somebody be like, oh, wow, you're so you're so prideful or you're so stuck up. <laughs> I Most people, their reaction is a huge smile. Yeah. People love, they're offering you a gift. And when you go like that, you're rejecting their gift. Yeah. And so, of course, people love when you accept their gift. Yeah. Thank you. I receive that. I believe that about me, too. It's like those kind of words repetitively, repetitively for yourself can be a huge game changer. Not to mention when somebody comes to you in a deep anger and hurt and maybe in a very venomous place. Ask yourself, do I want to believe that about me? Do I want to believe those things about me? And identify where it hurts what it is that, that it brought up for you, work through it, and then choose into what you want to believe. Because just because somebody says it doesn't mean that it's true about mm. you. Yeah. And so um, I had a really, one more story. I have so many examples <laughs> of this because yep. I love relationships. I'm in constant like, ooh, what did I learn? What is this? And what is <laughs> That's that? That's a good place constant. to be. Most people are not like that. So we appreciate your experiences. <laughs> I love it. So I had a, um, I had this experience with a friend, a good friend of mine, and she got really hurt and um, I could feel that she did and we had lunch and I opened up the door for her to talk about it. Just, I said, I'm, I'm open, I can feel that there's stuff between us, I'm willing to talk about it. And she said, no, she closed the door. And so <laughs> that hurt, I felt hurt by that because yeah. it's like I thought we were better friends than that I thought you know you cared more about about this so I had some stuff to work through so I worked through it and months later I contact her again reaching out and the backlash that came was so unexpected to me she uh it was personal attacks on my character and who I am wow. and it was just it was shocking and I had this moment where I did feel really hurt but I called a good friend and this is another tip 
I call the good friend that knows me and um, not to hash out, oh, this person, she's such a, such a terrible person. Da, da. No, no, that's not helpful. Talk about your experience. Okay, so here's what I'm experiencing. Here's what she said about me. Offer me some feedback. This friend was a safe friend. I knew she loved me and I knew she would tell me the truth. So, so I said, these are the things she said about me. I'm feeling really hurt. And she said, Dana, none of those are true. None of those are true. That's not who you are and that's not what you're about. Check in with yourself right now. Are those true? And it was such a good moment to check in and to just say, no, no, those aren't true. You're right. So this is her stuff. And um, in that moment, you know, as she was just lashing out text after text after text, I said, you know what? This is really unhealthy. And I'm choosing to block you through text and all social media at this time until you're willing to talk about it in an accountable way. Let me know when you're ready. Mm. Boom, blocked. And I move forward and I work through the hurt, work through my own insecurities with that. And now I think, you know, when she's ready, great. Let's talk about it. I'll take accountability for my part. You take accountability for yours and let's move forward. I'm willing. I'm open. But I got to see that accountability. Yeah. It's it's really important. So does that answer the question? Yeah. Yeah. More than enough. Cool. You, yeah. You have honestly talked about some really good things. <laughs> and I love how you've talked about the whole spectrum, right? From blocking someone yeah. entirely and letting go until they're willing to come back. Yep. Or taking a different approach and looking within yourself yeah. and then going to approach that person, yes. talking to them. There's such a wide thing. And from what I've gotten, it really depends on the situation and what you feel is right yes. for the situation. So. Can I mention one more thing? Absolutely. Because it just hit me and yep. I think it's really profoundly important sure. in this realm of relationships. Be aware, do not fall into the scarcity trap. There's the scarcity trap within relationships where we can hold on to either romantic relationships, friendships, um, unhealthy, uh, any type of unhealthy relationship because we have a scarcity of of uh, maybe we feel like there's not enough love out there. There's not a lot, not, not enough uh, friendship. There's not enough people that are going to be in my world. Scarcity, I find, keeps people in unhealthy relationships more than anything mm-hmm. I've seen. Um, that scarcity of, no, I want love from this person and this person only, and I want it this way. You're limiting so much what the universe can provide your world with love. Yeah. And yeah. Um, do you have time for one more story? Sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> Is that okay? <laughs> I I learned this in such a beautiful way. Um, I walked into a meeting. I was late. My whole family was sitting together, and um, my sister and her brother were walking ahead of me, and it was me and my four boys. And my sister and uh, I was already feeling a lot of emotion that day, and I knew it, and I was aware of it. But my sister and brother went up, and they made room for them, and then there was no room for me and my boys. And I was already feeling kind of distance from my family. And it was just like this outward experience of this hurt that was within me. And so we went to the back and the tears just started flowing and flowing for me. And I just started crying and I, I couldn't stop. And so I knew I needed to just honor myself for a moment. I didn't want to make a huge scene, but just quietly sat there, just allowing myself to, to just fill it for a minute and be okay in it. Be okay that in that moment I felt rejected and unlovable. And I was, I was in it and 
again, kind of creating the story, the stories that were going on in my mind of what everyone else thinks of me and, and all of the experience that I was having. And one by one, each one of my boys, which oh, they're so beautiful. Children are amazing with their love. They took turns sitting by me and cuddling with me, giving wow. me kisses, telling me that they love me. And all of a sudden it hit me that I was missing out on the love that they were offering because I was so wrapped up in my stories about how I want to get love in this way, in this form from these certain people. And it was a profound moment. In that moment, I made this decision and I said, okay, I surrender. I can tell that that's not healthy for me. I don't need love from just a specific person in a specific way. I open my heart, I open myself up to the universe providing me love in all of its forms, in every way possible. What it's done for me is it's really opened up my relationships, receiving love for my children. It's like I can be more present. My children, my friends, nature, like I'm experiencing this love in, in just the things I'm seeing around me, you know? Yeah. Being willing and being open that if one relationship ends, there's agency, right? Everyone has agency in, in the relationship. If yeah. one person chooses out, there's an abundance of love. And the universe will provide it in so many ways. Through a clerk at, at Walmart, I've received compliments and I've felt love. <laughs> yeah. It's acknowledging it and being willing to receive it and see it. And so um, I think that keeps people in a really healthy space of allowing the list, however long it takes, allowing yourself to transition into more of what you do want by opening up and allowing the universe to provide love and a plethora of ways that yeah. it does. Oh so, my gosh. Well, I love right. that too. And I, and I know that, that there's been experiences in my life where, you know, I pity myself and I go to a loving friend or a loving parent and I just tell them and I just, you know, pour out my soul. Oh my gosh, it's so difficult. And you rarely realize that, you know, the ones who are loving you the most are, are the ones who are listening to you. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you don't focus on like, it's, it's crazy how much we don't focus on that stuff. So thank you for sharing that yeah. story. That's such an important principle. And I think something that everyone can take away is there are people that love you. There yeah. are loving people and positive people and supportive people all around mm -hmm. you. And it just takes, it might take a little bit of a shift within yep. you, but it also might take a shift in just how you approach the situation. Yep. But there's love out there and, there's and there's a lot of it. Lots. A lot of abundance. Everywhere in abundance. Yep. It never ends. We talk about abundance <laughs> a lot. See, that, that's, yeah, that's real. Oh my gosh. Cool. Well, Dana, thank you. This has been such a good conversation. Thank Anyone you. who's listening, I'm sure, has gotten so much value from this. Thank you. Um, there, yeah, lots of good stuff here. If you'd like to learn more about Dana, go to achievetoday.com. You can there's there's a section if you if you go to that website, there is a section on coaches. You can learn a little bit more about Dana. But then also, if you'd like a chance to possibly work with Tana or one of the amazing coaches here, Dana has really talked about the importance of coaching and and how they can get to get you to a better place. If you're trying to figure this stuff out on your own, there's people out there that can really help you. We have the right tools. We have the right resources to get you in a better place. And so go to achievetoday.com where you can put in your information on the front page there to get a free 45 minute consultation 
with an expert who's going to guide you through every single area of your life and help you identify some good things that you can change, but then also leave you, whether you sign up for coaching or whether you go and want to do some of these things on your own, they're going to give you some tools and resources to be able to help you out. So achievetoday.com, go there right now and fill out a consultation and someone will give you a call within a couple of days. We'd love to work with you. It'd be so fun. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, thank you for joining. It has been a wonderful conversation and we look forward to next week and we hope that you'll join us again. So thank you. We'll see you next week. Bye.